0: Yeah, so I mean, what yeah, you think yeah. of the album man? Um it like yes, immediately I was like, oh, that thing of like the the 80s prog-ish sound. But then like there's a lot of different stuff in there as well. It's like that's what that's what hits you up front, right? But then it's like, ooh, there's there's some jazzy shit in there, there's some rock shit in there, there's some a lot of cool different stuff. But like the I mean obviously uh Ben is it confusing to like deal with like Ben or do you just go by
1: like Benji or is you can call me Ben Benji yeah no we right, uh, but like yeah uh, no I'll I'll get it Ben's. I'll understand it yeah <laughs> I and mean, you'll just be like you <laughs> right well no ben, no I mean but uh, like for you guys in the band we have it? worked yeah. it out okay we have worked it out it's like are it's you, called eye contact <laughs>
0: <laughs> you base uh, <laughs> uh but yeah I, I think bens uh singing in particular the the stylized way of that it
1: was definitely like oh this is the a uh, thing that yeah, they're doing man i uh <laughs> i love his diction his just like the way he pronounces words, I really enjoy. Yeah, like say what you will about him, he is like the guy. Yeah, shit. I understood everything. Yeah, like. <laughs> um, I particularly love how he'll put "wise" in words that don't have "wise," like "here." Yeah. Or was, a clockwork was. and gears.
0: There was uh like, like I'll see you on the other side of life. Is that what the line was? But like. One of them was like Leif, Leif. and I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just like, so I've been actually wanting to start a progressive rock band myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but having the time to do so is uh, also difficult, especially because it's like all the things that happen in that style of music like everyone needs to agree upon like specific musical elements that are about to happen because if we're all doing a run we're doing a run together and we're going to decide like when this time signature changes and that sort of thing it takes a lot of dedication as opposed to like writing like i guess my like singer songwriter stuff right now is is more like traditional style like pop songs or like pop punk songs or like grunge mm-hmm. songs rock songs whatever and so it's like you can see where the verse chorus first chorus bridge chorus thing is happening mm-hmm. and so it's not all that confusing maybe there's like some songs where it's like yeah there's a two form measure right here or like stop at the end of this verse mm-hmm. but it like it's not as as difficult as like this is the run and we're gonna go do 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 yeah. and it's like we gotta like get a feel for that it takes a lot of rehearsal it takes a lot of practice and so it's it takes a lot of dedication with a band to uh make that kind of music and so that's one of the reasons why i haven't done so but like i keep seeing people in my community do this shit and i'm like man i really want to start this prog rock band
1: <laughs> well um you should try. You should try, man. Yeah. Because you only, you only got this one life, right? But like,
0: I'm working on an album. Everyone's been like, I I'm now like saying it into existence, and so it's like, I I need to finish this album before the end of the year. Like, right. I've I've just like put that on myself now, and so that's the main priority. But even that, it's like you know, I just got like another gig in the the. Pipeline of podcast stuff. And so it's like, I got to keep up with work, got to make money, got to do all these things. So I was like, man, am I just going to have to like wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and just like do album stuff and then like stay up late and do album stuff? Like, I guess. (laughs) But, but anyways, yeah, I mean, like, how did you guys get all of that together? Because what I'm saying about like that style of music, it takes a lot of like, dedication to like this is what's going to happen
1: a lot of that dedication you heard on the album was definitely put in years before we ever met and um in our own individual practice Yeah, yeah. so the big thing with timelines was limitation mm-hmm. limitation limitations limitations because we didn't want to sound like a jam band or sure. like any other of those like predictable sounding progressive rock bands mm-hmm. um, who are just kind of like doing an odd metered thing mm-hmm. and then do another odd metered thing right. which we totally did on Origin I mean that's fine but like it's not anyway so I'll tell you about some of these limitations yeah, yeah. we put on ourselves So, um, one you couldn't write anything on your primary mm-hmm. instrument mm-hmm. Um, we broke that rule a couple times though just cause it felt good mm-hmm. And two, all the songs are the same form mm. and then the third one the third one <laughs> the third one is the one I cannot remember <laughs>
0: uh, i mean it's i mean already that's a that's a good thing to like so yeah, the um, why not? on your primary instrument things
1: cuz that would um we wanted to write different sounding stuff or like writing stuff in really roundabout ways so Ben the singer wrote the first track on bass guitar and he primarily plays keys and then the second song our drummer pretty much wrote single-handedly on keyboard and he even wrote like most of the lyrics to that song too and um like the harmonies, all him on keys, and the bass part, like the wow, 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 was uh, that's his left hand, mm. that, that was just his left hand. And then, um, the third track, I started playing that riff as a joke in rehearsal, mm. so we broke the limitation there. The fourth track was just kind of a spontaneous thing mm. and um, broke it there. I wrote Assemble on music notation software. It was a big phasing experiment. <laughs> what I did was I took an A minor seven arpeggio and then I, I took another one and I put one of the A minor seven arpeggios and this was uh, this is also like four quarter notes for those music people out there who I'm talking to. Um, so two A minor seven arpeggios of quarter notes and then I put one of them I liked it the most when I put one of them on the end of two mm-hmm. against the other one. And that's how I came up with that line. Mm-hmm. I just, and then infields was a, the last track was just, yeah. a, that, that was, that was a jam, <laughs> but I also wrote that fast part. The I wrote that when I was 18, just like on the off chance. Um Yeah. Uh It
0: was interesting. So like having seen you at, uh, mental mondays which those are things that happen every monday and people Mm -hmm. should go to or uh, not every monday uh, every month shout out jarvix on the last monday of the month i think that's that's how that works yeah um yeah shout out jarvix uh but seeing you there uh and then listening to the album i was like oh that's what he was pulling from that's some cool but like it's cool how you transitioned your way through it in the improvisation but like yeah that's that's also an interesting thing of like what you were saying before of like each whenever you improvise you're just taking all the stuff that like you've tried before but then you are adding different things or whatever the moment calls for and stuff like that and so yeah it, it was cool to like first hear the improvised version of ideas mm. from timelines and then hearing them like refined into like you know their their truest form or whatever it's really smart to like allow the breaking of the rule anyways because yeah if you if you go like no it has to go this way or never but it's like there's something really cool coming out of this thing but it yeah. breaks the rule and he's like just break the rule it's fine the rule's not even real I mean, yeah it's super <laughs> intentionally broken yeah oh, the um I maybe mean, one of one of my favorite groups at the moment i think we talked about it uh before but like clipping is yeah, uh, one of my favorite groups, and and they do set limitations on themselves. Yeah. So after uh, after Mid City, their their first like mixtape, I guess, uh, Davi doesn't use the first person unless the character,
1: yeah,
0: is speaking in first person, yeah. uh, and so all of clipping is like mostly in second or third person, yeah. and so. It's more like stuff happening to you rather than like, "I'm doing this. And it like really questions the, like, nature of what rap and hip-hop is by like, this is not about ego or like inflating ourselves, yeah. but more so telling stories. And, and that's something that's just like it's a limitation that exists there. but also, uh, they break it if like he's f- talking from the point of view of a character and it's like yeah i feel this way but it's not like him it's like the character that he is portraying yeah.
1: uh, uh it makes sense to break that rule <laughs> mm. there were more limitations i don't know why i can't remember them right now um oh and and the next album shifts next album has uh it, it, we just change it every album mm. but we got to have them we sure. got to have limitations man yeah
0: um, or else it would just like be a jam thing. <laughs> we can't have that, dude. We can't just be a jam thing. Oh my God. Which, so, I mean, I was in a, I guess a jam thing, uh, called Power Cycle. And, uh, so there's actually like a whole Power Cycle album that like I need to put out. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like it's, it's done because it happened like forever ago. Um, but the the albums are just like from sessions where we were just like doing shit, and then I just like cut out because oh, yeah. like all I had to work with was just like the stereo file from just all three of us. Um, yeah, and Power Cycle was just like kind of similar to you and Ben. Is that uh, the three members of Power Cycle were? composition majors. Oh, yeah. Um and so yeah we were all interested in electronic music and so it's like yeah
1: let's just try some stuff. Uh, also it's not a, it's I I don't hate jamming um I just I just don't want to do it. I I feel like I hear that uh-huh. kind of sound too much and I just don't want it to happen And shift. Ironically the limitations for the next album is like we can't have any limitations so we're actually coming up with a lot of stuff by jamming and we're just listening to these long recordings and then like time stamping where we think cool motifs are and then we're gonna like frankenstein songs together and that's so that's that right and
0: that's a i mean well actually how soon is that coming is a well it's already in
1: progress but we haven't recorded anything so it's a, a who knows yeah probably gonna get recorded in like the fall Sure. Maybe around Halloween. Cool. (laughs) Spooky shit. Do you spend a lot of time
0: jamming with not shift?
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, I'm always trying to work on my own internal time. Mm. And I didn't really have, I feel like I didn't really have rhythm until I learned to actually like bob my head Mm. constantly to music. And um, sometimes I even think like, Moving your body to different parts of music feels how you affect, like, affects the time differently. Yeah. Like, if I'm doing something like precise, I'll tap my foot. But a lot of time, like, I'll feel the beat on, like, the back of my neck. Mm -hmm. And I'll just jam with myself and I'll just try to do that. I'll just be like, all right, I got to be feeling the beat somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I haven't experimented with this in too much of a great depth, but. I'll let you guys know if there's a difference between foot time, head time, chest time, and like tongue clicking time, body time. But yeah, I think moving your body to music is very important. Yeah.
0: That's something. um, I think just, it helps to internalize rhythm. It's very interesting to see. Like watching other people play and how like, maybe some people are like doing the like, downbeats and then some people are doing the eighth notes yeah. and and usually the people doing the eighth notes are also the people that like have to do greater subdivisions with
1: yeah. time sometimes i've <laughs> noticed i'll like do sometimes it'll be like a weird halftime thing with me or something I'll i'll be like doing half notes on my head like with my head and then eighth notes with my left foot it's only that um but man that was that was a big thing for me to discover was like body movement yeah dude if you like i'm sorry classical orchestral people i have to move my body if you want me to play in time yeah um and that's actually
0: okay yeah um this is a topic that you and i can really go down this rabbit hole which is um you know shift is a contemporary music like rock style band Mm -hmm. um you and ben are classically trained composers
1: yeah
0: um i also did that as well and so like being in the middle of like those worlds Mm -hmm. uh i feel like jazz is the good bridge between those but like yeah there's there is a a stark difference between the like classical world and contemporary world, and how music is experienced and felt in that, um, I don't know why the culture surrounding classical music discourages like external feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um it it used to not be that way. Right. Like yeah. way back. Yeah, Baroque was like hella jazzy. Dude, dancing. I've been actually learning Bach like and learning it like a jazz solo, just to like have the licks under my fingers and cool ideas. And it's it's incredible. It's yeah, and it's dancey and it's rhythmic and like you think it's just streams of eighth notes, but there's there's just like accents within the eighth notes and like harmonic rhythm. And it's super rhythmic because like it doesn't make sense unless the chord tones are on the strong beat.
0: Yeah.
1: Like that's where that chromaticism comes into is just put it all on the strong beat. So it, sound, it just makes sense mm. to the ear. Yeah, Yeah.
0: But then, I mean... But also just like Baroque was a lot of like figured bass. And so the, yeah, they would literally improvise the thing because it wouldn't be notated out. And it's like, yeah, these are the bass notes. Find it, have fun. <laughs> and, and all of that music was being played like for people to dance to. Um, and those musical styles were like, yeah, supposed to be like, it's a dance hall. Yeah, <laughs> it's what a jig is. It's a jig yeah, <laughs> or a waltz or whatever. Like that's, that's what those were for. Um, but like me, the,
1: the elitism, I think plays a dude, role in that. That I could not stand that, man. That was, that was definitely there at OCU. Where did you go? for Free- uh, UCO. Oh, UCO. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I got my
0: masters in composition at UCO, but I got my bachelor's in production at uh, ACM, which is still a part of UCO. Yeah, cool, cool. Um but UCO doesn't have a a composition undergrad. Uh, yeah. but I also didn't know then that I wanted to do composition anyways and yeah. so uh, doing production uh was great. Although I did do 2 years of vocal music at at UCO as well. So like I'm I'm always I was
1: always fluctuating between yeah. Classical world and contemporary world. I'm trying to get into production, so you can like read music and all that. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool, man! Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Uh,
0: yeah that that poster there, uh, Machinations was my my graduate oh. recital thing. Um, Sick. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean the I don't know what sort of requirements they had at use uh, at <laughs> uh, OCU. I don't really kind of know what kind of requirements they had at UCO either because I just went above and beyond anyways because it was like, you know, you have to have like a certain amount of pieces that are played at your recital. Um, I did 11.
1: (laughs) Nice. Um, Yeah, OCU, uh, Oklahoma State University, had a really good composition program. Mm -hmm. And so they had this organization called Project 21. Yes. And... It was headed, by, it was a student organization, but the professor there, Dr. Ed Knight, one of the greatest teachers I've ever had, shout out Ed Knight. Um, he like just that program alone. He cultivated an environment that was just not available outside of that school. Mm-hmm. And I think that just makes him a great teacher. There are so many musicians, like e- even dudes like Zappa and stuff, who are just like, teach yourself music and you can. Mm-hmm. And, and you should really take that into consideration. And there's a lot of times where, like, even though I went through this program, which is awesome and cool and all that, I kind of wish I had taught myself. But this dude, like, literally, environment not available outside of the school. And he cultivated that. And I think he alone is a great teacher for that because how many times in your life are you going to pretty much have access to a full orchestra as an undergrad? Like Mm -hmm. that was, and you could get as many pieces as you wanted on each of these concerts too. Like the P21 concerts, they happen four times a year Mm -hmm. and it was just a great environment to just make mistakes in. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it was. And it was just like, man, writing the piece wasn't a thing. It wasn't difficult, but like P- getting people together and you know you the composer facilitating the rehearsals mm-hmm. like that was learning that was yeah experience and and that's the thing it's like the i don't know
0: maybe four or five years ago yeah. i would have told a young composer like yeah totally go to school for it now i'm not so sure yeah,
1: yeah.
0: um because we have this thing called youtube dude yes Uh, literally (laughs) yes and i mean honestly a lot of universities are teaching through youtube anyways so it's like why are we paying for this shit especially this amount to be able to get the information that already exists out there and obviously like part of the thing of the universities there's like curators of content there's a lot of garbage on youtube that you have to wade through
1: as well but like I learned a lot of good shit on YouTube, yeah. bro. Adam Neely from Yeah, Rick Beato before he got really old. <laughs> uh, Jens Larson, man, I love those dudes. Ben Levin
0: is like oh, ben. Oh. ben Levin is my muse at the moment. Oh, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the the way that I've always described it is that like Ben Levin summited Mount Guitar. Oh shit. But like he doesn't, he's not just doing like, oh, here's just, you know, 30 mm-hmm. second notes mm-hmm. at like, mm-hmm. you know, 140 yeah. BPM yeah. or whatever. Like he can, but he doesn't because he wants to make music mm-hmm. and he just wants to make like stuff that's like catchy or stuff that's musically interesting or just expressive. And he's just like the most musically expressive person I've ever seen. And, and, combines it with the animation and everything. And and again, like he went to Berkeley, but like all that stuff is not really something that even he even he learned at Berkeley. He learned how to play the instrument and how to like collaborate with people. But like the rest of it is about yourself doing it. And so like looking back at my masters in composition, like it was really just write stuff because you have to. Yeah. And then get people to play it because you have to. Yeah. And it's good to have that environment, right? To to like have people around to play your things for free. Uh, <laughs> oh, for free. Oh, dude. Um, yeah. But like after that, I mean, yeah, like I had 42 musicians on my recital. And like wrangling that many like busy ass music majors is Insane. Yeah. Um, and I did it. And it's like the biggest thing I've ever pulled off so far. But like I could do that outside of university. It might cost more money than it did. Um, and it it did cost me money, obviously going to school for it, but like
1: uh
0: you know, printing the posters and the the notes or whatever is does cost money. But in the end, it's like, make music, have people play it. That's what composers do. Yeah. Do you you think you're going to, like now that you are post-school, freshly Freshly post-school, do you think you're going to write pieces and have people play them? Yeah, probably.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'll be writing for shift for sure. Mm-hmm. and I'll just be right. I mean, dude, music just falls out of me. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it does for you, too, but, like, like it really just falls out of me. Yeah. So it's like, I'm I'm just going to write for other people just, like, just because. mm mm-hmm. um, I haven't written any classical-type sheet music stuff in a while, though, so.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll see. Obviously, I'm really trying to learn more about production right now, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, so I like the last thing I did that like counts as composition that people can see. Um, I scored a short animation for a, a Cal arts student. Um, yeah. Um, and I didn't use notation. I used oh, yeah. MIDI like, <laughs> and so like I have these skills, right? But, like, everything was just, like, through a DAW. Like, it's not... Uh,
1: <laughs> and so, I mean, you can still do the thing and not have to, like... I can. Um, I'm also very closely associated with this artist named Blint. Okay. Yeah, he's on, a, he's on SoundCloud mm-hmm. and only SoundCloud. And it's just weird noise stuff. Um, he writes interesting things. It's, uh, it's pretty weird Oh, he'll just like take a sample of like a random noise and then he'll like repeat it a bunch and then make the repeats really tiny and then like put phaser on it and pulse stretch it. Yeah. It's just blint. Yeah. Um
0: I think that's honestly something like what I'm going to do on the, the next noise.
1: on the next uh Mental Mondays thing. Yeah, Blint is like getting a noise library thing yeah. together for me. Yeah. Maybe, yeah.
0: When did you discover noise? I, it took me a while before I like got into like not pitch. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I mean, I guess whenever like getting into death grips. It was, stuff, yeah, it was pretty probably... much
1: like death grips, and then it just, uh, I mean, bungle death grips, zappa. Uh, oh, okay, you know what I think it was. Um, so I was into zappa early on, and. There's a lot of music concrète there that I didn't think much of at the time, like particularly in "We're Only in It for the Money," that album. Like, also the way that album flows really got me in the idea of like listening to the whole album all the way through. Yeah, I to it. So there's 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 really interesting music concrète in Zappa, and then Death Grips happened, and I was listening to all the weird noisy stuff in Bungle, and then eventually I was just like, dude. yeah because
0: i don't know maybe just like throughout the course of my master's i was like all right i think i got like i'm sure there's more to learn obviously about pitch but like i think i got it like yeah, dude. i've yeah, got the idea the thing about pitch is like there's only 12 of them dude yeah <laughs> that we use that <laughs> is like you on, know traditionally yeah, on easy to do there. on the instruments mm-hmm. that we have uh you got 12 of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so as complicated as, as of a system as it is it's not yeah. like we can figure out patterns like the The brain is is smart enough to, like, figure it out well enough. And, like, honestly, most of the time we're only using seven of them. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, occasionally you might throw in some extra notes. But, like, you know, as far as what people might consider palatable
1: is still mostly seven. Okay, I just remembered a thing. So when I was 18, I got unreasonably obsessed with Captain Beefheart. Mm -hmm. and like trout mask replica you ever heard that album i've been meaning to but it's just yeah (laughs) so that album is like noisy a lot of people are like precursor to math rock type thing and that album was the pinnacle of me and my unpredictable music desires like after i listened to that album it was The doors had been shattered. They had been blown open. I was like, man, because I passionately love this objectively bad music, Mm -hmm. nothing is bad anymore. Nothing is invalid anymore. I actually, like, listen to everything now, including noise. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That was Trout Mask Replico when I was 18 was definitely, like, the tipping point. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what separates... uh
0: pitch from frequency. Yeah. And and so and actually speaking of which, like we've been every time I talk, there's a ringing for my drums right now. And I don't know which one is doing it. Your but, snare is
1: definitely off. So Yeah. Yeah. dude yeah. uh, but- drums oh drums have been so fascinating to me lately, dude. <laughs> I revisited this album mm-hmm. and like just the snare sound got me really fucked up, dude. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah, just hitting like Oh, I'm talking about King Crimson's Discipline right now. Uh, I'm wearing a shirt of this album. <laughs> and um, yeah, the snare sounds got me really fucked up. Like Bill Bruford. I mean, he's just hitting rim shots. Mm-hmm. Like that's all he's really doing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it is so amazing. Drums have just really been inspiring to me lately. Yeah. Um, I only recently got this drum kit and it's
0: it's been just like, I'm trying to figure out what how i drums um i'm left-handed so that's why the ride is on the left there Um, <laughs> and i figured the best compromise like instead of just doing like a fully backwards kit like it would make it really difficult for people to like backline if i was like playing drums and oh, have wow. to like, rearrange the entire fucking kit uh instead i just decided to be open-handed um and so... It's probably going to
1: take you way farther than you think it will, man. That's cool. Yeah,
0: I, I hope so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, yeah, the right is just on the left. That's it. Yeah. And so nice. I still do fills to the right.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But I'm never crossing my hands over to play the hi-hat. Unless okay. I'm doing, you know, stuff on the hi-hat that requires both hands. Mm-hmm. But like, then I'm just both hands. Like my hands are never really crossing. The the weird part about it is though is that since uh, I'm leading with my left, um fills to the right if I start it on my left hand like on the downbeat, oh, yeah, yeah. then I have to cross under my right hand oh, or over my right hand. Kind of ringo yeah. 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 Um and that's just I'm still getting used to that. That's cool though. <laughs> so I I have I've actually been starting um, fills like on upbeats so that I can just be open on the way down. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how much you've played drums, but like this is something that like once once you're like physically doing it, yeah. it's like oh, this is what it feels like.
1: <laughs> no, I get it. I'm I'm about as useful as a click track on drums, but I can I can play them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's pretty much where I am too, but it's like, you know,
0: having the, I'm trying to find the, the instinct, right. Yeah. Of like you hear a sound or you hear something rhythmic mm-hmm. and like, what does this sound like on drums? Yeah. Um, and especially since like, so I play a lot of rhythm guitar kind of because I have to yeah. um, because I'm a singer primarily i guess and so the rhythm guitar tells you what the drums are gonna do yeah. it tells you what the bass is gonna do yeah. um i'm a better bassist than i am guitarist and like the yeah it's like hearing what the guitar is telling you and then recreating that on drums or hearing what the keyboard is telling you and playing that on drums that's like an instinct that i'm like looking for
1: <laughs> yeah dude um There are a lot of fills I definitely like, even in shift play, Mm -hmm. where I'm just trying to copy a drum lick. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is inspiring to me, man. Um, Also one day I was just hitting Matt's snare and I was really amazed with like the sounds that were coming out of it. Cause like the initial impact note was, was an F natural. Mm -hmm. And then like the resonance it made immediately after that was like a B major triad sounding thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that you per pitch. Uh, uh,
0: what is the pitch that is ringing occasionally? Right, it's like a.
1: Hmm. I mean, you're singing C sharp right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd have to uh, I'd have to talk more loud. Um, I heard A flat for like a sec. I heard A flat for that's like a sec, and like yeah, a yeah. tom or something. Yeah. yeah.
0: But no, the one that's been ringing is.
1: Oh yeah, C sharp man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gosh <dang> it. <laughs> oh dude, you're good, dude. You can you can I rhythm is more important than pitch honestly. So uh, you, you No, know, no, no but it's, it's not so much notes. about like yeah. the,
0: the perfect pitch thing. It's more that I'm annoyed that the like something is ringing in here. Uh <laughs> but yeah, the what is it like living with perfect pitch by the way?
1: Oh, um, well, it's interesting because I definitely like was aware of it before I knew what it was. Mm -hmm. I remember like being able to sing to stuff and my mom would be like, oh, you're very good at singing in key. Mm -hmm. And then I would kind of be like confused when people would like sing something in a different key and then they'd play it on an instrument that would have... and that would be it that would be what i like i would sing to them like almost exactly what was on the instrument and um also and then there was that thing when i was little like i would hear the pitch in my head that i I would like predict in a song and then if that was there too um anyway i've actually been learning to like i've been been trying to turn it off lately yeah um and so pitch becomes frequency dude yeah (laughs) but um I've been experimenting with like listening to music with my body and I know that sounds like the most stoner shit ever, but, um, I got that idea from Victor Wooten's book, The Music Lesson and you can do it. And it is, it's an interesting experience. So like, um, because I have perfect pitch, like chromatic chord changes are really significant to me
0: Yeah,
1: and like, just pitch and like outlines of stuff is really significant too. Um, it's also really quick to learn things too. Yeah. And, uh, but like, I have a bit harder time detecting shape sometimes. Mm. Like, um, and you got all these instruments. So if I'm like, <laughs> if I, um, it's like I'll just do like, I'll sing like I was like doo doo do, like going in whole steps. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known that, like, do, do, do. Could be considered the same thing because they're both the same. They both have the same ascending shape. Mm-hmm. Like they're just getting sharper. But the you were just one, hearing
0: individual pitches.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think about individual pitches a lot yeah. more. And this listening to music stuff with my body has been a really wild thing. Cause like, you know, when you listen, it's, it's Adam Neely could explain this better than I could, but it's like your ear does math really fast and that's how you hear sounds. But I'm like, man, audiation. Yeah. So it's like wild for me because I have to turn off audiation. And when the music is hitting me, I mean, the first thing I always notice is the snare or backbeat or whatever when I'm listening to music for my body, but it's wild because music goes from being like a, 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 a process, a, proce- yeah, a process. Yeah. A process. It goes from being a process. Like it goes from like music out the speaker being processed in my head. It goes from like that to like the music is running at me. Yeah. It's in an my body. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's running at me and, and like the notes go away. And I'm still at the very early stages of this where I can only do it for like a second. I've never done it for like a whole song before. It's such it's such a weird thing to describe because it's really unique to me. But um, anyway, the notes themselves go away. And then like the curvature of the line is what I hear. And it's just like running at me. Mm. <laughs>
0: cool. Yeah, because then you're able to experience it as it is rather than as your brain is trying to interpret it as it's happening.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. Um, It's it's just, yeah, it's been a whole thing. Yeah. Um, Something else I was going to, or I feel like there are opinions about is that... You had mentioned gifted and talent, um, and I'm very bothered by those concepts. Um, I am too. In that, like, not that talent isn't real, because it is, um, but I feel like as a culture, we have overvalued talent and undervalued skill. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so for you, you have had, like you started farther in the race i'll always use this race metaphor i absolutely uh, like, did yeah dude i absolutely did holy shit but if you had never like all right that's cool i'm just gonna keep listening to like the stuff that i think is fun or whatever you wouldn't have like unlocked the potential that was there for yeah. your talent and so it's like you you learned music at an advanced rate because of that predisposition but anyone else that like may have had a harder time with that could get to where you are now with just work yeah and and i think that's even more impressive for someone to get to that point of like oh no i didn't i didn't have perfect pitch, i didn't have this you know like i started yeah like it blows my mind that like people i've talked to some people that are like oh i started doing music like two years ago and I'm like, what? And you're like doing this thing like yeah. this. <laughs> and that's even more interesting to me because it's yeah. like you've had your whole life maybe like gathering stuff or whatever. And then yeah. you like really like
1: did the work to like, oh, I, I'm making yeah. up for lost time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's some shit, man. I wish, dude, I have, I feel like I have no discipline, man. <laughs> and I really wish I did right now. Mm. And then school is, school was also weird. Just uh, that was so like school taught me that like people have expectations. Mm -hmm. People have expectations about music. I am the small minority who doesn't now. Mm -hmm. And it was really weird to go through school feeling like, like they were just treating me like I had expectations and I already knew the level everybody was on. Mm -hmm. But like, I just didn't. Man, you know, perfect pitch is fun and cool, but dude, I really wish I had perfect focus mm. or perfect muscle memory. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. But
0: like, in a lot of ways, like no one does. Yeah. <laughs> and and also like perfect pitch isn't like You will real. be fine without it. Right? You like, will be fine without it. Yeah, perfect pitch it, isn't real dude. in that like if, perfect rhythm uh, schooler yeah, right right <laughs> but, but like there's there's just alternate tuning systems They're and so like, like your your yeah. your brain has been Dude, tuned yeah to i'm i'm
1: I'm, a, I'm tuned to the western i'm tuned to equal temperament 440 yeah that's it that's it <laughs> and i
0: mean you and that's the thing so like uh, you mentioned rick beato earlier i mean
1: he his kids uh or one of his kids oh you know it was even more of a trip like i watched those perfect pitch rick beato videos and i I can do that stuff but like. It's it's it. That's not much use, man. But What's the musical purpose? Yeah. Yeah. There's no musical purpose if he's just going like, all right, guess the notes. That's not. That's not. That's not making music. But um, he said that you have to be like four or five mm-hmm. for like perfect pitch to really develop. But I did not. Like, you have to start playing the instrument like at that age. Mm-hmm. But I did not start until I was like ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, that's just a thing you do when you're a musician. You just memorize the names of the notes. Mm-hmm. And I that's I did that. And that's all I thought I was doing. Mm-hmm. But um man, like I still feel like I don't know how to practice either. Mm-hmm. Like I just I feel like I just know how to repeat stuff. For sure. And yeah, I mean, and that's what makes like the
0: that's why I use the, the like, the foot race metaphor yeah. is, is that, like, because I've known some people that would be, have a really good ear, or have, like, a really good predisposition to music. But then it's like, all right, cool. Like, now we need to be here in rehearsal yeah. and you need to play the stuff that, yeah. like, we are doing this thing together. That's part of the musical process, us doing things together. And for a person that doesn't, then it's just like, all right, well. You're really good, but it's not gonna yeah. get you anywhere. Yeah.
1: And so, tortoise in the hair. The- <laughs> <laughs> really, though, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had so many mental blocks mm. practicing in school, and it was so hard for me to just pick up my instrument. Mm. Partially because I kind of like hated the double bass and all that. I mean, like, I, it's, I might, it's, a, it's a large instrument. I didn't like the way it sounded as anymore. As it Hurt me multiple times. It's like, it's I had a rib pop out one time just from like playing it. It was painful. And just like all the work I had to put into it just to get the sound out of it, I'm I'm done playing it, man. <laughs> I I switched to electric. That was my original intention, and I did that when I was in sixth, fifth, no fifth grade. Yeah, I did that in fifth grade. So as far as I'm concerned, I won. Yeah, I won, man. Um, Still got the bow, though. You dude, do I have. It. I want to. I want to sell it, pay off those loans. But, dude, this is such a dry ass market. I, nobody's gonna buy it. Like, I tried to sell it to like some string shops, and they were just like, "Nope, mm. not many buyers." <laughs> I'm just like, shit. Oh, okay. Practice, um, man. A big. There were so many mental blocks I felt like I was experienced, and I realized like what school was doing is it was giving me all these expectations and outcomes to be attached to, and that attachment just got in the way of me playing my instrument and now that I'm out of school, oh my God, guess what it's easy to practice again for some reason, maybe I have like tons of ADHD who knows yeah well i mean there's there's a everyone has their own way or my elementary school was definitely like that kid needs pills (laughs) and my parents were like no he does not yeah and now i have creativity
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i mean that probably just goes back to like the whole education thing as well and and sort of like it's not that it's not that like college or just school in general isn't good it's that it it teaches a, a specific thing. Yeah, it was so specific, and uh... and and so to um, and this is how like IQ, for example, IQ isn't real. No, oh, it's. Um, it. I mean, it's measurable, right? But like the a high IQ has a context, yeah.
1: and so yeah. Um. That was a fun thing to learn about in psychology, like Western IQ versus like different cultures IQ. Yeah. Like IQ, like being smart is like a a sociability thing sometimes. (laughs) Like, man, that's. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's fa- this, is how, this is how you bring people together too. Like you were saying earlier, man, you just got to ask questions, meet different people. Like, yeah, see for yourself. Right. And so to for schools to be
0: as rigid as they are and be like, this is how we learn things. And it's like, yeah, the, there is a structure. And that structure has worked in specific contexts. Yeah. But like, you can't force... A river into submission the the, like it Mm -hmm. will flow where it flows Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's that's why even more so i'm just like school isn't for everyone don't bother with the debt like just like honestly if you want to learn composition i won't like be your teacher because like I don't have time to like do that, but like I'll be your teacher, right? yeah, dude. Yeah. I'll be your teacher. Yeah. A, pay Ben Scully. I'm taking students, man. Yeah, uh, pay him so that he can pay off his debts. Uh, <laughs> um, but like you know, I'll give you recommendations on like books to read yeah. and like just stuff to do or try or yeah. or here's just like oh, you want to write a piece for vibraphone? All right, talk to someone who plays vibraphone and knows the instrument that was that was a
1: part of the program yeah Yeah, and it's like
0: you you have to write a piece for this thing talk to that individual and they will tell you the things about like the instrument and it's like but it's the same thing it's like talk to a a double bass player and it's like you had your grievances with the instrument itself and every every instrumentalist has their grievances with the instrument and so it's like you need to know those if you're going to compose for that and that's like, that's not something necessarily that YouTube will tell you. It can, but it's like, just talk to like, write some stuff, show it to a person that plays a thing. And they'll let you know, it's like, that's impossible. That is physically, oh, oh, I'm yeah. physically unable to do that. Uh, and it's like, yeah. cool, you, you learn really well. Like, oh, that's why that's not possible. People have four fingers to use on a fretboard. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not not that I've made that mistake, but like I've I've seen like the the Adam Neely videos of like how to oh, not yeah. suck at music yeah, yeah. where it's like, oh, someone got like Sibelius and just threw shit at
1: it. Dude, that was me and my first time I ever wrote for an orchestra. Mm. Like they um and it was also for high schoolers too, because I was in Youth Symphony and there was a student composition contest yeah i won it because i was the only dude who entered but um there you go it was an eye-opening experience though and had a ton of fun writing that piece i still have that piece mm-hmm. but yeah we never played it because it was too complex for yeah. the orchestra but uh i got that scholarship money so <laughs> that worked out lowering the debts mm-hmm. <laughs> seriously though i kind of feel lucky like to have that amount of debt like there are people who have it way worse mm-hmm. man way Also, it's just a number, dude. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, money's not real either. (laughs) It sure is real whenever it's like asked of you, though, every month. So that, yeah. (laughs) I'm hype, Let's fucking go, dude. (laughs) But like, yeah, um, would you suggest someone go to college now? Man,
1: um... Music school could be a little more specific with the context. That's, that's a toughie. Cause like, I would definitely just be like projecting myself onto that situation the whole time. Um, it would really depend on like that person's dream in music. Cause I got told to follow my heart so many times and really like that environment was cultivating and like, I learned, man, yeah. I learned for sure. um, I was kind of one of those guys, like, like, Shift was the dream for me. All I really wanted to do was be in Shift. And, like, if there was a guy who was, like, he just wanted to be in a band, I'd probably be like, no.
0: Then start just, a band. Just don't
1: don't go to music college. Yeah. Just don't do that, man. Start a band. Do the thing. Um, start a band. Do the thing. But also, I met those dudes. I met Ben in college. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have met him without college. Um, yeah, but, I mean, like, you, like, maybe
0: Shift wouldn't have been... Shift, but like you you meet people anyway. right you meet people anyway yeah. man yeah um and and i mean that's that's something else I, I would say it's just like put it upon yourself to meet people yeah. like <laughs> find find like-minded people find a community so that you can
1: do the thing maybe <laughs> yeah man Right now, practically speaking, I'd probably say no, like don't go to music college. But man, ask me that again at the end of this year, Mm -hmm. once I've had a year off, or ask me that again when I'm like 50. Mm -hmm. See if it's the same answer. It might not be. Yeah. But you can teach yourself. Mm -hmm. That's true. Don't forget. Never forget that. I kind of feel like you did teach yourself. The way that you're like describing things to
0: me is that like, you know, you... Going down the rabbit hole of like Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff It's like that's that's a self education That like if you're just doing like The stuff that they tell you in orchestra or whatever Like that's not
1: It was I also did have like Some private teachers man Mm -hmm. Dude the stuff you learn When you just pay like some pothead 40 bucks dude. (laughs) Why are they such good teachers Man like I dude some of my best Teachers were just these dudes At music stores Yeah they were just, man, the thing with them was like, they didn't give you all these outcomes to be attached to and like expectations. And that was, that was,
0: Yeah. I think
1: that was the thing that was so essential for my growth, man. And that's, that's how I try to be with all my students. It's like, just no, no outcomes, man. Yeah. Nothing. Just, just you playing your instrument. Cool. Yeah. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? (laughs) I'm your servant. I'm not your teacher, man. I'm, I'm not. At. so college um it depends man if you want to write music for movies you should you should probably go to college man if you want to if you want to be like a legit film score dude yeah dude. college college would probably help dude um yeah. no, not that there aren't film composers
0: that didn't go to school so oh, there sure. definitely are mm-hmm. but it's a little bit harder to do so if you want to teach college, <laughs> you should go to college. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the only uh, way in there, honestly.
1: <laughs> you got to have the piece of paper. So they You got to have the piece of paper. Pieces of paper. If you want to teach high school, you should probably go to college. Um, um, don't do that. I know. I'm, I'm not, not going to teach high school. <laughs> I know. Uh,
0: yeah. What was the... That was one other thing I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah.
1: Last thing. Who is the best living bassist oh my god that's tough so there's all these like expected responses and there's all the like dude I, I know everybody listening to this has like a bass player in their mind right yeah, now I, I yeah well let me tell you there is a brazilian dude out there <laughs> who can do what they do but better yeah <laughs> man um And the best bassist and like my favorite bassist are like two different things. Um so I think the best living bassist right now Mm -hmm. and uh, I is is this Brazilian dude. His name's Glacio Nascimento. Okay. Um and I'm Mm -hmm. saying like in tech like in technical ability, Mm -hmm. I think this guy is good enough to play literally anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, but Glacio Nascimento, I think he's technically the best living bassist in <laughs> the world right now. Um, he How, how is his, like, musicality, though? Killing. Yeah, okay. I um, mean, yeah. he plays a lot of jazz stuff, and, like, artistically, you can't—that's I, I, why I said technically. Like, I, I don't think artistically he's the best bassist right now. And I don't know if I could even, like, give you an answer for, like, artistically, I mean— See, that's why like the bassist
0: I have in mind is like Victor Wooten. Because yeah, he yeah. he like puts everything together, yeah, right? Yeah. He he knows why the music and how Exactly, the music.
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, that's that's a that's a great answer honestly. I think Glacio can technically do everything Vic does too. Mm-hmm. And also I've seen Glacio do stuff Vic mm-hmm. doesn't do. Mm-hmm. Like Glacio will play really fast mm-hmm. runs with all four of his fingers. Mm-hmm and they're like precisely lined up with one I've never seen Vic yeah. do that I mean yeah it takes a lot of practice and to this get dude the can, pinky to do, do the double thumbing yeah this dude can do all the double thumbing stuff Vic can do but um yeah i think i think Glacio Nascimento is technically technically the best living bassist in the world right now yeah uh
0: i think you had mentioned to me before like your favorite bassist my favorite man um I guess I have Adam's to be living. If, if favorite. That's the... um, I remember you saying Jocko Pistorius. Yeah, I,
1: I I I've taken a lot from him. Yeah, he's 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 really awesome. Um, you know, I don't think I can do a single favorite, but I can do like five. Um, man, um, I love Jocko. I love Evan Marion a lot. Evan Marion. So Evan Marions is really cool. Like. Uh, he got me into the idea of just playing really smoothly. Mm. Also, his harmonic language. He uses hexatonic scales a lot. It's very different from most people. Um, he's known for his solo work, and he was also the last bassist to ever play bass for Alan Holdsworth. Okay. And um, he does cool. He just uses he cool sounds. Jocko, Evan, uh, Thundercat. I love Thundercat. Yeah. Sometimes I get compared to the dude. Yeah. Style. Style. <laughs> oh hell man he is uh sometimes my playing gets compared to thundercat mm. and sometimes i think people are being nice <laughs> um man who else is really important to me uh we talked about flea talked about flea he's not so much important to me like anymore but like mm. uh he he was he was very pivotal for me man um i would say flea is like another of like the top whatevers yeah, of living basis. <laughs> um. Ironically, I did not like that latest Chili Peppers album, man. That was, that was, <laughs> it was groundbreakingly vanilla, in my opinion. It was the most regular rock album of all time, dude. But they didn't use any compression. Another <sighs> dude um i see why though it was a different step for them like they they just kind of used some pedals (laughs) that was it dude they they barely sounded like themselves honestly they just use it like they use like a ring modulator like once or twice
0: like that's neat that's a that's a cool effect it It does things it 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 does
1: really specific things (laughs) i'm just like use some pedals (laughs) There was one track out of the 17 that had slap on it and it it didn't even sound, they didn't sound like themselves. They didn't sound like themselves. I was like, man, all of those incredibly unique lives they've lived have just added up to that really bland (laughs) (laughs) album, (laughs) man. (laughs) Anyway, but Flea is really important to me. So we'll do Jocko, Flea, Glacio, Thundercat, Evan, Marion. I'll doesn't have to be flea. Doesn't have to be Flea anymore. Actually, I would leave Flea off that list. Uh, uh Trevor Dunn from Bungle is much more important to me than Flea. Um Then we'll just throw in Tony Levin. He's important to me too. Just I've really been I've really like gone away from like licks lately. I've I've really been into holding it down yeah. as a bass player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like Tony Levin. Yeah, that's the the true soul of the bass is
0: to like lock in with yeah the groove and be the groove yeah and dude. be the foundation. Yeah, dude. you don't have to be doing crazy fancy stuff you if don't. you're just in it, yeah. <laughs> and it's like playing the root on quarter notes.
1: If it's locked in, dude. man. It that unwind. will keep you in work yeah <laughs> that will keep you in work um you know let's five add five or more to that list uh because man all right we're at tony levin um charles mingus is super important to me um who
0: else we got i listened to uh let my children hear music for oh, the first time yeah. recently
1: and i was like whoa Man, Charles Mingus taught me it's not about the chords in the chord progression. It's about the inflection of the chord progression. Like, oh, god, there's so much bebop that just goes over my head, but I've never had Charles Mingus go over my head. Like it's it's weird how I just kinda like get it. Yeah. What a tortured dude. <laughs> what a I
0: don't know his story. I'll have to look into it.
1: Yeah, it's it's wild. It's um I mean I love his music. I have so many Mingus vinyls, dude. Like he is, honestly, one of my favorite jazz dudes, regardless of instrument. Like, he's awesome, man. All right, Mingus. No, I like uh, John Wetton, another King Crimson dude. Really good at playing counter melody stuff. Uh, my favorite Crimson album is actually Lark's Tongues and Aspic, and he's playing bass on that. Um. Are you as into Tool as
0: other bassists are? No, I have listened to like three Tool songs. I I will say that like Justin Chancer is a really, really good bassist. Yeah. Um and just like really unique. Tool is one of my favorite bands, but like yeah, not for the not for the reason
1: it's a lot of people's favorite bands. <laughs> yeah. Um I never super got into Tool. Like Schism, the other one. <laughs> I like Jambi. I like that song. <laughs> I barely listen to any tool, man. Right. That's okay. No. Um, oh. oh, uh, there's another Brazilian dude named uh, Junior Braguinha. Okay. And I think he's very cool. Um I don't really know much of his projects, mm-hmm. but he uh, I just follow him on Instagram and that's fun yeah that's something else that like the modern era has allowed
0: those like rainbows yeah. to like just kind of come out of the internet and be like oh yeah i'm it turns out i'm the best in the world yeah <laughs> and it's just like what you just like did that on like a 30 second video on yeah. social media <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's a crazy time Another bass. Who's the last one that's really important to me? Oh, my God. Uh, Hmm. Say, like, Guy Berryman or something. I've never heard of that dude. He's the bassist for Coldplay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Dude, I've listened to Clocks and Yellow. That's about it. I actually really like Coldplay. Uh,
0: But I haven't listened to like their past four albums or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: For me, that early stuff is really good.
1: <laughs> Do you not go heavy? Um, I, I want to, I have like wanted to go heavy for a while lately, but like, um, I haven't found many heavy bands, but like, I do love heavy stuff. Like I love filth by swans. Like that album is mm-hmm. awesome. And that's, I think that early no Wave swans is like some of the heaviest stuff out there. Cause he's just like, hard! Yeah. Dude. Um. okay. I, I don't know any of the basses from swans though. Right. They're not like, I mean, uh, that band's more important for their compositions to me than like, yeah, yeah, players. exactly. Swans um, is like a, The entities that they produce is the point,
0: not so much the like intricate. But like, I mean, is the heaviest, most complicated thing that comes to mind is Meshuga.
1: Yeah, I'm not super into (laughs) Meshuga.
0: Which I mean, I've I've hardly listened to Meshuga, but like, I know, I know, (laughs) game recognized game. I guess. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um. I'm a, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Holger Zuke from Can is really important to me too. Um, that whole band is honestly like pretty important cuz like the rhythm I I learned a lot how to groove from Can. Um, they get the same sound just so consistently out of their instruments. And I tried to do that stuff on drums cuz he's just going like like basic rock stuff, and I was just like, Holy crap, this is hard because he has to hit the drums in the exact same spot, the exact same amount of force for like hours on end. Holy shit, Holger has to do the same thing, he's having to just play the exact same spots, the exact same amount of force, just forever. Ever. Yeah, so
0: something that because I've been learning drums, uh, it takes a long time to like render audio, especially if I'm like throwing many instances of plugins yeah. over like an hour long conversation yeah. um and so while i'm waiting for that i'll just like i've been trying this thing where i'll just like pick a beat pick a tempo have the metronome going in the headphones and just like for the entire time that the audio is rendering mm-hmm. it's just like stay in time yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like it's really boring but man do i like notice the little things Is like oh that time was early.
1: Oh, that was like, and yeah. It yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, those are ten important bases yeah. to me. Yeah. Yep. Benji Scalute, thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you, Santiago. It's...
0: Where can we find you and your things? Once again,
1: you can find me wherever you find streaming stuff. You can find my band Shift on Instagram at shift band. You can find us on YouTube at shift band okc. You can find my stupid ass Instagram account at b dot spelled b period s k a l double I gotta check with Jarvik see if I'm playing at that next Mental Monday. <laughs> Anyway, but uh, shift shirts available for fifteen dollars. You can Venmo us at shift dash band. Please include your size and address. We can mail them to you. There you go. <laughs> yep. Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, anywhere. Title. People listen on title. Are we on title? I don't know if we're on title. Well, I got to figure out if we're on title. And is, are you through like Distrokid? Yeah, it was Distrokid. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah i'll hit up i'll ask ben that's a big question thank you for having me on your show yeah, so much it's been yeah. a pleasure getting to know you man yeah uh once again i'm
0: Armonez. and i'm benji Scalute. now what's gonna play i'll play origin okay yeah. oh we did the last track on the last yeah and then we're doing the first track okay, yeah <laughs> Find everything that I do on my website, santiagoramones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say and it lets others know what to expect better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations. So thank you for listening to and supporting mid uh, I was in the podcast with my three things that shaped my life philosophy, Those three things are love never fails, it's going to be okay, I might be wrong.